And welcome, everyone, once again to another edition of the Indiana High School Football All-Star Digest. I'm Coach Dave Baumgarten. Along with me is uh, Hall of Fame Coach Ted Huber. And uh, Coach Huber, another exciting week in high school football across the state of Indiana. And there were some upsets. There were some teams that were undefeated that are no longer undefeated. And there's other teams that have uh, kept the uh, faith and uh, stay um, undefeated. So uh, let's start talking with... Uh, Let's go in a little bit reverse order here and talk about Class 6A for, or excuse me, well, 1A first. Okay, so 1A actually uh, stayed true to form. Uh, there were 10 out of 10 in the top 10 that won, uh, and uh, there, there's not going to be much juggling as far as one is concerned. Indianapolis Lutheran uh, continues to be the team to beat in one, but uh, there's some other ones that are creeping up on them. Uh, let's see how many undefeated we have. Uh, Lutheran's undefeated. I know that. They're 7-0. And uh, I'm getting my notes out of here. Okay, so um, what we got? We got three undefeated teams and five with one loss. Okay, we've got Lutheran. We've got Monroe Central, and we've got Winnemac are the three teams that are undefeated. All right, and uh, let's see. As we're looking to 1A there, is Winnemac, yes, Winnemac's ranked number four in Class 1A. Monroe Central's three. Adams Central, five and one. They're number two. And the Indianapolis Lutheran, six and oh, actually seven and oh, um, are uh, as a beat to Monrovia by a score of 36 to 12. Uh, they stay on top of the class, as you uh, mentioned there. No big surprises there, as far as you could see, then, in regards to 1A and the uh, any effect it will have on the ratings. No, I don't think so. I think 1A will stick pretty close to being in. Uh, you know, I think Adams Central is gaining a lot of ground on Lutheran, though. They right. got beat, you know, early in the year, and uh, they're 6-1. and one. They've won, like, five in a row now, and they're – you know, and they're putting up some big numbers. Of course, so is Lutheran. So it could be uh, could be those two fighting it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Moving on and taking a Class 2A there, I was interested in that battle that was taking place in Fort Wayne last Friday night, the battle between uh, Fort Wayne DeWanger and Fort Wayne Lures. Lures came out on top by a score of 41-38, to 38, uh, which pushes their record to 7-0. and 0, So they're on top, and certainly uh, the team to beat across the state of Indiana. Of course, there's other teams that are going to have something to say about that, Eastbrook being one of them. They're 7-0. They did not play against Blackford. And then, of course, one of our, you know, dark horse favorites, uh, Andrean, number three in the uh, class at 4-2, and two, and we all know why because of the schedule that they play. But uh, uh, they're playing some good ball now, and uh, they uh, clobbered Munster by a score of 42-13 here last Friday night. Yeah, the uh, 2A has, uh, I think, six undefeated teams in it. Uh, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this late in the year. I mean, with right. seven wins, okay, with with Lures being on top, obviously, and Tipton and Linton Stockton and uh, Heritage Christian and Eastside and Eastbrook. Uh, they said Eastbrook didn't play, but they're still undefeated. They were six and zero instead of seven and zero. Right. And then two other ones, Speedway and um, North Posey, that have one loss. So 
but it's interesting. I thought that in the two uh, A that there were were that many undefeated teams yeah. uh, seven weeks. Yeah, absolutely. There, and we look down the uh, schedule for next week. Uh, Lures takes on Fort Wayne South, Eastbrook. Uh, is it Elwood, Kankakee Valley? will score off with Andrean. So I don't see anyone that's really a, a powerhouse that's going to uh, challenge any of those teams. But as I always say, and, you know, as we all know, those of us who have been around it there, it's high school football and it's high school kids. So there's no such thing as a lock in any of this. So, But uh, there are certainly uh, teams that come in heavily favored. And uh, those teams that are undefeated, obviously, would be uh, be heavily favored there. Evan, so modern day will square off with Evansville Harrison next weekend. That could be an interesting football game. Yeah. Don't think so? not very good. Okay. Uh, modern day, uh, they've lost two. Right. Sometimes they're a lot better than you think they are. Uh, they're headed for the ninth game, though. The ninth game is always a big game at Evansville with modern day and rights. Oh, yeah. And they play it at the rights bowl. Because that place is where obviously Rice plays, but also Modern Day. Oh, okay. And it, uh, you know, they change locker rooms every other year, so to speak. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it's a, you know, Modern Day is a two A and Rice is a four A now, and used to be five A and have won right. a couple championships there. And uh, it's just, uh, it's just an interesting game because Modern Day uh, will jump up and bite them. You right. know, I mean. It's the old, if you're familiar with Evansville, uh, it's the west side, okay? Rights and modern day are on the west side. And if you are on the west, if you're a west sider, uh, then you're something special, okay? okay. I say that tongue-in-cheek a little bit, but it's true. Right, right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I didn't understand until I lived there for a while, and all at once it's like, uh-oh, yeah. you know? because uh, those guys are thicker than thieves and they stick together, but then on the ninth game, uh, they go head-to-head. Right, right. Moving up and taking a look at Class 3A, a little bit of a change in the uh, as far as it goes to lineup there. West Lafayette jumped up into the number one spot in the ratings after they uh, knocked out Lewis Cass by a score of 42 to nothing, and they took over for uh, Burbuff, who uh, won 33-7 to over uh, Terre Haute South, I see. Yeah, Burbuff got beat week before by Ron Colley. Right. Okay, I mean, Ron Colley's a 4A, and they won a state a year ago, and they're undefeated. But uh, And Bray Buff, uh, let's see who they have this week. Can you see uh, it? Yeah, they've got the Cathedral. Burbuff will take yeah. on Cathedral. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Catholics versus Catholics now. Those guys play each other. And, uh, you know, you would think that uh, Cathedral would be on top of all this, uh, and they probably will be. But uh, Ray Buff come out of this with two or three losses, and then they'll get in the tournament and start wailing on people again. Right, right, right. But you're right. West Lafayette's undefeated. No question about that. Run a great program there. West Lafayette does. So no question about all all those guys do. Take a look at uh, something you and I talked about yesterday there, and I'm just going to bring it out flat out. Lawrenceburg uh, knocked out uh, Rushville 91 to 12. I think that's totally uncalled for, and I'll go on record to say that because I just don't think that uh, you should score like that on a high school team. I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand that thinking, but you know, 
Uh, that's my particular thoughts on that. Lawrence. Well, I'm not, you know, I hope that that, I agree with you hundred percent. No question about it. I, you know, I haven't, I didn't officially check and make sure that wasn't a typo, but, uh, I did look at it Friday night and, uh, I'm sure it's not because you would think that people would say something about it. But, right. Uh, there's, there's no way that somebody, especially anymore with the running clock. Right. They, score 91 know, he, points. And so it's just uh, 91 points. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, to be clear, that running clock doesn't start until halftime either. So there's only a half of that run. So, you know, there have to be a heck of a lot of points scored. In the first half, I mean, uh, just that's remarkable. If that's not a typo, if it's a typo, I apologize. But my goodness, that's just an incredible number there. Uh, yeah. Now, if you want to look at three, you know, class three A and really dissect it, you got three teams that are undefeated. You got West Lafayette, and you've got Brownstown Central, and you also have the Canoe Valley. Oh Which yeah, right that's road right. From Warsaw, you bet. In town area, out the back door, and, uh, and then Buff uh, starts the ring of seven people that have uh, one loss. Right. So uh, that's a very, very competitive. Uh, it's going to be a competitive division. I don't think anybody uh, is going to run away and hide with that. Uh, West Lafayette's on top, but uh, when they, you know, when the tournament starts. Uh, I think 3A will be uh, will be open. I yeah. really do. Yeah, you yeah. Know? No, no clear cut favorite that's just going to break out and just run over people. Let's take a look at Class 4A. Um, Ron Colley is um, uh, beat uh, the Bloomington North. That was a big score, a big game there, 56 to 13. Uh, Ron Colley out on top, and um, um, their Ron Colley, of course, is number one in 4A now. Uh, our friends from Leo. They continue to uh, win as they beat Huntington North. They're 7-0 and in the season, so they're, there's Jasper there, too. I mean, there's some good teams. Obviously, if you're in this top 10 somewhere, you're a pretty good football team. So I see where Logan Sport, who I was talking about last week, got beat by Kokomo 28-14. So, And things don't get any easier for the Berries as they'll head to West Lafayette, or excuse me, the Lafayette Jeff on right. uh, um, the next week, this coming Friday night. So, uh, yeah, there's three undefeated teams, as you said, in 4A. And, uh, you know, you talked about Leo and Jack. Jasper put the hammer down on Castle, uh, 30 to 12. Mm -hmm. uh, Castle's a 5A school, and uh, they've been playing really well. Right. Castle lost a game early in the year to Modern Day, mm -hmm. uh, Evansville Modern Day. And uh, I was uh, really kind of surprised at that score. Right. I didn't think uh, that there would be that much difference in yeah. that game. Yeah. Well, they're doing something right down there in Jazz. Of course, they have for years. I had Jerry Brewer down there as head coach for about 100 years, and uh, he had a legacy that was incredible. And, uh, you know, apparently uh, his legacy lives on through um, the other coaches and um, through their program there. So that's uh, that's outstanding for Jasper. Yeah, Tony Lewis is a head coach down there. And Tony Lewis at one time, uh, several years ago, coached at Evansville Wrights. Oh, okay. And Evansville Wrights won the state championship one year when Tony Lewis was a head coach. Oh. So it's, uh, it's not completely uh, out of the realm of possibility, you know, because he does know a little bit about the game. Right. <laughs> yes, obviously. Uh, 
you know, I thought that was interesting, uh, too. Uh, we've got three one-loss uh, teams. Uh, uh, we've got East Central. We've got Mount Vernon of Fortville. And we've got Evansville Memorial. Evansville Memorial lost to Jasper the first game of the year. Right. And I think they lost to him like by six points or something. Okay, something right. like that. I got it here somewhere, but it doesn't really make any difference. But it does make a difference because, uh, you know, when tournament time comes, and I think they're probably in the same sectional, uh, and Memorial uh, has won a couple state championships. John Hurley's coached. Right. And, uh, you know, they know their way around the field. And uh, it could be really, really interesting uh, whenever we get that tournament started. No right. question about it. Yep. I see where East Central just, just, destroyed Connorsville 73 to six. They're again, a big score that, man, I, I just don't know. I of course didn't see the game. I don't know what was going on, but, uh, and you put that many points up You're, I would think you're trying to put that many points up. So I don't know. I don't want to condemn anybody. I don't want to upset anybody, but, uh, I just don't think it's the right thing to do to embarrass a bunch of high school kids. But again, maybe they couldn't help it. I have had coaches, who have gotten beat badly that I've talked to on the phone and stuff. And they say, Hey, I, and I, you know, I voiced my opinion and, and I've been told flat out, Hey, that other coach, that other coaching staff and that other team did everything in their power not to score on us. And they're running between the tackles and we couldn't stop them. And if that's the case, then that's the case. But you know, that, yeah, uh, I don't know. I know Connorsville is, is not a really good football. Team. Right. So, uh, you know, that, uh, East central is a good football team. Right. We know you know, Mount Vernon-Fortville is also very, very uh, solid football team. They oh, yeah. won. Uh, they lost the first game to uh, Noblesville. Right. Uh, wow. They're a 4A school, and Noblesville was a 6A school, and Noblesville beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of beat them up physically a little bit. There's a guy named Vince Lighty, who's the head coach. Oh, yeah. At uh, Mount Vernon-Fortville, and he had a dad named John Lighty, who's a football field at Castle's named after who won two state championships down there. Right. And, uh, Vince played for his dad. Vince was the mental attitude award winner his senior year at the state finals. And uh, he was one of our featured yeah. games. Uh, you know, you speaking of, uh, you know, we were talking the other day. Uh, we had three featured games last week. Right, right. Hey, I mean, boy, can I pick them. <laughs> if you had the scores... It was 134 to 21. Wow. What a. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, come on. Hey, we 40, got it. 42 to 7, 38 to 8, and 54 to 6. Right. Now, who would ever, as my dad used to say, who would ever thunk it? Yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. But, uh, well, but John Whitey uh, is, has got the old uh, Marauders as their nickname. Right. Because I asked him when uh, I talked to him, I said, what is a marauder? Right, right. Well, it's a raider. And it's a, you know, right. So, well, they've been doing that. And they've but, been raiding. There's yeah. no question about it. Yeah. As far as yeah. it goes to your career as a handicapper in Vegas, though, I don't think we're looking real <laughs> good for that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> don't, don't, don't listen to me. Right, that's really. Right. Just uh, bet the opposite way. If we, when, That's another feature we ought to have on here. We'll do the point spreads there and let everyone bet the opposite way that we tell them to do, and they'll probably win. 
5A football, Indianapolis Cathedral stays on top as uh, uh, they won over uh, Cincinnati LaSalle, 35-7. to um, So that, uh, you know, they're going across the state lines and beeping, beating people up over in Ohio, too. So that's pretty amazing. Uh, number two, Valpo, and this is one of the featured games, uh, and we'll have the interviews from those coaches. Uh, got clobbered by Merrillville, forty-two to seven. I talked to a couple people that were at that game, and uh, Merrillville started right off in control of that football game and ne- never gave it up. So it was pretty, pretty decisive win by the Pirates. Yeah, the five uh, A is the this week anyway, but I think it also for most weeks is is the most unsettled. Part. There were five teams in the top 10 last week in 5A that got beat. Right. Okay. You talked about Valpo at number two. Uh, Bloomington South uh, was at number uh, three, I think. Right. And, they are. Uh, were. They got handled. Yeah. I mean, it was really unbelievable. They must have had an off night. You know, they, they got themselves beat. And Dwayne yeah, uh, got beat by Lures. They're yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. And Castle. Castle got beat by. Uh, uh, Jasper in uh, Zionsville, uh, they lost to uh, who they lose to Brownsburg. Brownsburg, yeah, Brownsburg. So oh. anyway, uh, five out of the ten uh, got beat five A. Yeah, yep. that's a lot of them. Absolutely, There's two undefeated teams in five A. Yep. Okay, I think when they were no. Well, no, there's not. There's only one now. One. There's one undefeated team, that's Cathedral. And then there's seven one-loss teams. Right. Okay? And another team that's coming on, like Gangbusters, is Decatur Central. Yeah. Because they got beat early, and they got beat by uh, Center Grove. Oh, yeah. And everybody else at Center Grove plays, they beat them pretty bad. Right. Okay? And since then, uh, they put the hammer down on a lot of people. Right. So they're uh, they're six and know. one then. They're six and one yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. They're six and one. Yeah. And they're, well, so uh, yeah, one they, of the you know, one lost teams. Right. They Concord's beat, doing the Concord's doing due diligence up They are. They are. That's a uh, that's a good football team. Warsaw, you can talk about this. Warsaw takes care of business this week against Northwood. Yeah, well, it could okay. set up yeah. Concord takes care of business. The ninth week, it'll right. be up the Northern Lakes Conference Championship. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That's what will be at stake if, in fact, both teams do what they should do uh, this coming Friday night. And for Warsaw, that will be no easy task because, as you well know, the uh, the Panthers from Northwood will come into the Tiger Den, the Tiger Field, rather, and Fisher Field, and uh, they'll be ready to play football. So it will be a, a big undertaking there for us to uh, – uh, beat those guys, and then of course, uh, Concord's doing their thing. They're throwing the ball around. They run the ball well. They do a lot of good things. And uh, if I remember, my memory serves me correctly. <laughs> Many years ago, uh, you being the head coach at Warsaw, I, mean, I was one of your assistants, and uh, we had a game like that against Concord. It was a four conference championship, I believe. And uh, yeah, we did. Yep. Yep. And the Tigers won. By the way, we won it, but. Uh, and not without a fight, because it was uh, they were they were a good team, absolutely. So they were play play good football. Both the schools remaining on Warsaw's schedule are tough teams, and are will be a challenge in each case. 
All right. Let's see what else we got going here. Six. We got 6A. We got center oh, yeah. Grove again. Right. Again. 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 Right. Center right. Grove is uh, is a really good football team. Right. They're in the top 10 ranked nationally. Nationwide. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. They knocked out Pike 49 to 6. Yeah. Big time. And then Westfield's at the number two spot. Um, they beat Avon 45, or rather 46 to 24. No, 45 to 24. So they're there. Carmel beat Ben Davis 35 to 21. Moves their record to 6 and 1. And then we got uh, Merrillville there, who is uh, 7 and 0 now. And they are in the number four spot. Um, you know, so um, that's a team that. Uh, like you said, we're featured. You're going to have Coach Cease on. He'll be talking both before the game and then after the game since he won the game. So, uh, And then Warren Central in there. Is there, I mean, there's just heavy hitters through this whole, obviously, whole game there. There's a game coming down the road, not this weekend, but the next to last game of the season will feature Merrillville against Chesterton, which is in Duneland. The Duneland Conference title will be at stake there, at least a piece of it. So that'll make that an yeah. interesting game. Yeah, Coach Cease uh, was talking about that, you know, because uh, he, he figures against Lake Central this week they'll take care of business. And then Chesterton and them, uh, Maryville will be undefeated. Chesterton will have one loss. And, uh, right. you know, Chesterton will try to get them and uh, tie them up. So, yeah. But that's uh, that's nice that uh, they're going to have a going to have a game at uh, that at the seventh game of the uh, or ninth game of the of the year that uh, really means something besides yeah actually absolutely yeah. i believe that's at chesterton too by the way so yeah. but at any rate uh, hamilton southeastern's uh, stand in there they beat noblesville 38 to 8 so yeah. they're at number seven spot chesterton as i mentioned our ranked number eight in the class 6a so um, they got a great quarterback up there. He's a big kid, and he can throw the ball around. And uh, uh, we saw him when he was a sophomore, and we beat him in the uh, uh, first round of the sectional. And uh, he is, uh, we all knew that this guy, this guy is pretty good, and uh, it's proven out to be true with him. So, uh, Homestead, there was a big game there between Homestead and Carroll from our perspective up here because that's in our sectional. And, uh, they uh, lost. Homestead lost to Carroll by a score of seventeen to ten. So it was a close ball game. But uh, Carroll again has got a gunslinger as a quarterback too. So uh, that's going to be interesting too. But that was uh, those two teams are in the same sectional with us, Warsaw, and so uh, and it's the only three-team sectional in the in the state. And the interesting thing, I was talking to Coach Curtis the other day. There is a situation there where whoever gets the bye will actually have about 21 days that they won't play football. Right. So that's right. going to be, I don't know whether that's good or bad. I really don't. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It's not good. I'll tell you that. So, because you play all year and then now you take three weeks off. Right. That's scary. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Anyway. By the way, there's two three-team uh, sections. Oh, there are two. There's another one. Center Grove. Oh, uh, no kidding. Number eight. Yeah, Center Grove, Franklin Central, and uh, somebody. I don't right. know. Anyway, they uh, they have a three team down there too because Columbus East uh, and uh, Fort Wayne Snyder. Yeah, Snyder moved. Two, 
were uh, went from six A to five A, and then they didn't replace them this year. For in all their uh, IHSAA infinite wisdom, they right. decided that it would just be easier to wait, which is probably the right thing to do. You know, right? I mean, so I, I'm, you know, since I'm not the guy making the decision, uh, yeah, I think they made the right one. Right, yeah. right. Well, you know, it's you know with this. With the uh, COVID thing and all that kind of stuff and not knowing what the actual, you know, count is, really, uh, yeah, it's understandable that they did that. So, At any rate, uh, wow, it was a great week of uh, football. It just every week it gets better. I know the crowds are good. At least they're good in where I'm at. Uh, people are coming out and watching the games and getting excited about it. So, uh, um, you know, and it's just going to get more and more thrilling here as we move through the um, – last two weeks of the regular season and then on into the tournament. So we're excited about that. Coach, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, speakers that we got uh, lined up here for the interviews? Coming here? Up next, yeah, coming up next week. Um, we've got Dwinger at Snyder in Fort Wayne. Oh, yeah. Now that should be a good they, one there. Uh, you know, they play in the Summit Conference. Right. Uh, Snyder's 5-1. and one. Winger's four and two. Right. I'm not sure who, who beat uh, Snyder. Probably Lures, right? I mean, Lures yeah. beats everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, we got that game going with uh, with uh, Jason Garrett and Kurt Pittman up there. Right. And in the central part of the state, uh, Kokomo has uh, snuck up on people on the six and one. Right. And uh, three and one in the North Central Conference. The old North Central Conference was a, was a, a really, really big time conference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. More basketball than football because right. that's when Muncie Central Bearcats were, right. were winning state championships and all that kind of stuff. I think anyway, Rich, was it, was it uh, Richmond in that too? Richmond was Richmond in that. Richmond was in that too. And uh, yeah. I mean, it was a big, um, I mean, big territory. Newcastle. Right. uh, But uh, anyway, we've got Kokomo, and they are at Harrison. Oh, okay. Harrison of West Lafayette. And Harrison is, uh, Terry Peoples is a head coach at Harrison. Right. And his brother, Bill Peoples, is the head coach at Cathedral. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's pretty good stuff. That's pretty good yeah, that's good pretty good. Okay. And uh, Kokomo, there's a guy named Austin Colby, who's the head coach. And uh, he's got an assistant named Brett Colby, who's his dad. Okay. And, uh, he had an assistant at McConaughey a few years ago, uh, Mr. Colby, I called him, because that was Brett's dad. Oh, his wow. Granddad. <laughs> and they all three coached together. And then, uh, unfortunately, Grandpa passed away, and so Brett is still was the head coach at Kokomo for a long time, and then now he's an assistant for his son Austin. Wow. And uh, um, so uh, that that I you know these got to be better games than what we had last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we're going way, way down south. Way down south. Yeah, way down south, and we're going to uh, shake the bushes, and Joe Talley is going to wake up. And he's going to be excited because Perry Central at Springs Valley. Okay. We talk about the South. Now that's the South down okay. there in Indiana. Okay. Okay. Perry Central is six and one. 
and uh, Springs Valley is five and one. Okay. Uh, they're, they're both in the Patoka Lake Conference. What's it called? Whoa, whoa! What's it called? Patoka Lake. Patoka Lake Conference. P O K A. Patoka Lake Conference. I've never heard of that. They've got another conference down there called the Pocket. The Pocket Conference. Pocket, and it's the P A C. Pocket Athletic Conference. Oh, really? My goodness. Hey, you got to get out more. I do. You know. US 30 here. Well, I don't get much south of Indianapolis. That's my problem. You know, so absolutely. So anyway, Perry uh, Central is at uh, Springs Valley, and uh, that's a a 1A clash. Perry Central has not been ranked, but they're starting to get noticed because they're 6 and 1. And uh, Springs Valley's 5 and 1. That's just the best they've done in a long time. So anyway, we try to find. You know, we try to find games. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. That really means something, and this means something in the Patoka Lake Conference. See, Patoka you Lake something? Conference. I did learn something. The Patoka Lake Conference. E L C. The P L C. All right. Well, that's great. No, but I mean, you know, and it's also good that these schools that have got these programs that rise up like this that you know you never really necessarily heard of for whatever reason. Uh, now we're hearing about them, and we're giving them some coverage, and they get to, you know, speak, you know, nationwide on the podcast, worldwide, actually, if you really wanted to tap into it. I don't know how many Chinese listeners we have, but, um, you know, it's it's available yeah, well, uh, for them. I talked to my buddy uh, Mike Guevara down there. Right. And uh, make sure that they understand that they better cover those games down there. Absolutely. We are. Yep, absolutely. Yep, yeah. so. All right, Coach, what about our interviews there? We got uh, a couple of different. Bill Marshall from Valparaiso will talk, as will uh, Brad Cease from Merrillville. Uh, David yeah. Sharp from Noblesville is going to be talking to us, and Mike Kelly from Hamilton Southeastern will be talking. Yes, yep. And then uh, Nick Hart from Gibson Southern, and, uh, Luke Mesmer from Mount Vernon and Posey County. Yep. Uh, they'll be talking um, here also. So we've got those interviews coming up. Talking about the game uh, with them, Coach Huber does before the contest, and then after the contest, um, Coach will talk to the winning coach of that particular game. So uh, we've got that coming up for you. Anything else for the good of the cause here, Coach? Before we uh, move to the interviews, I'm pretty well. uh, I'm spent today. You're spent. You're out. Okay. I don't have any more knowledge. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, it's been. You know, we've had quite a bit of knowledge out of there. I never realized there were three people, three generations coaching and, you know, ultimately ends up at Kokomo there. That's kind of, that's yeah. amazing. I mean, I met those coaches, but I didn't they know. They were at McConaughey. You know where McConaughey High School is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, it used to be a really big-time place, and it used to have one of the best uh, handball and uh, racquetball courts uh, anywhere in the state of Indiana. Right. Okay. You know why? Has you something to do why. with the Air Force Base there. Or there something. you go, the Air Force Base, Bunker Hill. There was uh, there was some uh, big ranking officer or something that loved it, and uh, they went in and built this palace for him. Wow. Okay, at McConaughey High School. Yep. There you yep. go. Okay. 
All right. I, I, told, I, I don't know anything else. Don't, don't ask no. me any more All right. questions. All right. You're spent for the day, but it's been a yeah. pleasure, and, and it's always a good experience and interesting to listen to. And uh, we got more of it coming up here as we will be uh, – Coach will be introducing, introducing rather, and interviewing. I'll be introducing the different coaches of our three featured games uh, from this week, and uh, then we'll wrap it up at the end of that. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back with more of the Indiana High School Football All-Star Digest right after this. Almost every business uses promotional products to let everyone know about their business. Coffee mugs, ink pens, keychains, just about anything you can imagine. WILE is all about promotion. That is why we are excited to introduce our new business, Big Cat Promotions. With over 50,000 products available, Big Cat Promotions can deliver what you want, when you want it, and make it affordable and effective. Call us today, 268-9830 or 551-5916. Remember, our business is to promote your your business. And welcome back, everyone. And as promised, we've got our first interview, and our first one's going to be with a very special guy, as far as we're concerned here in Warsaw, and that would be the head coach of the Maryville Pirates, Coach Brad Cease. And Coach Cease had a chance to talk with Coach Huber about the big game uh, against Valparaiso on last Friday night before the game. We got Coach Brad Cease, Maryville, number four ranked team this week in the 6A class, and uh, we appreciate you coming on, Brad. I know you got a big game this week. Uh, why don't you uh, kind of summarize your coaching background a little bit? Yeah, um, you know, when I got done playing at Ball State, uh, I uh, moved down to uh, the Fort Myers, Florida area, and um, you know, got, a, got a teaching job in, in, in Cape Coral uh, under... Brian Kahn, who played quarterback at Ball State, his dad was a head coach at Concord for a long time. Uh, so you know, went down there and, and coached for five years. And then uh, once my wife and I started having kids, we uh, I became the head coach at Muncie Central. Um, was there for three years. You know, was a part of the consolidation of Muncie Central and Muncie Southside. And then when uh, Coach Wells left here in 2015, um, was fortunate enough to, to get the job here, and I'm on my seventh year here at Maryville. Okay, right. Um, good job, isn't it? I mean, has to be a good job. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with Muncie Central. Would you rather be at Muncie Central or Maryville? Don't answer that question. Okay. All right, now, you've got uh, Valpo this week. Uh, Valpo 6-0. and uh, just like you are, uh, Valpo's ranked two and five A, and uh, it's a Duneland Conference uh, game. Both of you undefeated. So, as you prepare uh, for Valpo, what do you see? Who do you see? You know, uh, when, when you when you prepare for for these guys, from you know they they've been they've been really good the last uh, you know really the, the, the time that I've been here at Maryville, but 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 in particular. Um, you know the last three and now the fourth year they've you know been a, been a, been a really good team and, and when you look at them uh, you know if, if you want to make a comparison uh, you know when playing at Warsaw and and, uh, and, and all that um, it kind of reminds you of, of, of Penn to an extent um, big up front run the ball really well really disciplined play good defense um, you know and, and good kicking game they're not going to beat themselves. And they've they've kind of played uh, you know played that brand of football for the last uh, you know for the last few years now and, and 
have been really successful. So, you know, we've, we've got our hands full. Uh, you know, Coach Marshall's done a really good job. Uh, they've got some really good players, and, uh, you know, we got a lot of respect for uh, what they've done, you know, in our, in our conference, uh, you know, the last few years. Well, you know, he said that uh, he thinks it's kind of a uh, kind of a turnaround kind of a year with you uh, from the standpoint that uh, he felt like that they had better players a year ago and uh, you got better players this year because they lost some. Uh, uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, people, you know, in 2019, we were both 6-0. and We went there and uh, we kind of believed and there was kind of a you know controversial play at the end of the end of the game that didn't necessarily go our way. Um, we should have never let it get to that point. Um, and uh, so everybody was kind of, you know, anticipating the big rematch last year because we were both uh, pretty good. And, you know, the, the circumstances of 2020 just didn't work out. They uh, had a COVID issue where they couldn't play, you know, not only Crown Point, but then the week uh, after, which was us. So, yeah, they, uh, you know, they had some big-time guys, especially defensively, um, you know, last year. You know, last year, you know, Cooper Jones went to IU and some guys that were, you know, three-year starters for him. So, you know, when you when you fast forward this year, uh, you know, kind of a new defense for them as far as the personnel is concerned. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it, they, they've kind of, you know, just kind of hit the ground running. And, and you know, the, the, the guys that, that I knew that have stepped up that were backups or, you know, JV guys or whatever have, have kind of, you know, went, Done, done with the, the expectation of what you know Coach Marshall's program is, but it's kind of interesting. You know, we didn't even get to the point last year where we even had to prepare for them because we knew we weren't going to play them due to COVID. So um, a little bit of infamiliarity, um, you know, just for the fact that, that we didn't play them last year. It's been two years since we have played them. Okay, so. Uh, you're thinking about yourself now. What are the keys for you to be successful on Friday night? You know, we've uh, we played pretty clean football this year so far. Uh, you know, we had our turnover last year, we, well, last week, you know, in week six. So, um, you know, offensively, we've we've been scoring a lot of points, had a lot of explosive plays, uh, but most importantly, we've been running the ball and taking care of the football. Uh, so, offensively, we, we, we've got to do that. Uh, you know, against against Valpo, uh, defensively, you know we need to uh, you know try to try to control their their, their running game. Um, you know they've got a, they've had a great running game. Vineyard, their running back is uh, is is the best running back we've seen. You know all year, it's the best offensive line we've seen all year. So uh, you know we just got to you know, find a way to, to 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 maintain that, and then uh, you know no no big plays in the kicking game, and you know no turnovers or penalties. Uh, just got to be clean, and we you know tried to preach to the kids this week because you know we a lot of our games have been uh, you know comfortable leads and, and, and all that to to understand that they're going to make plays. You know we're going to have to punt the ball. You know all that type of stuff, some things that we haven't had to do a whole lot this year. Um, you have to do against really good teams, and that's what Valpo is—a really good team. So we've just got to be patient and and understand that that we're playing a really good team. That uh, you know we're going to you know be in some circumstances that we haven't necessarily been familiar with this year. So this is really a great test for you from from that standpoint, and also, uh, you know, two weeks from now you're going to know who you play in a tournament, and three you know four weeks I guess for six A's they start playing. So uh, you know it's it's a good chance to 
to play good teams to get ready for the tournament. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's you want you want the kids to have the opportunity to play in big games, and um, you know this this is that. I mean, North, you know, everybody in Northwest Indiana, and, and you know, I'm sure even people uh, you know across the state are wanting to see what you know what happens in this game, and, and like you said, it prepares us uh, you know for the tournament, and um, you know having having an opportunity to play somebody that's really good um, is is huge. Uh, to, to see where you stand, you know, right now, week seven, but then also see what you need to uh, improve upon as, as you start thinking tournament time. Yeah, well, like you said, uh, people up northwest Indiana, I'm sure, are all excited about this football game. Um, so, anyway, uh, I'm going to call you if you win, Brad, uh, on Friday night after the game. Is that all right? Yep, we can do that. All right, and uh, we'll get your your comments. Uh, I was talking to Bill today and uh, I told him that I've known you a lot longer than him, but it, that I uh, was still going to call him if he won. So, um, <laughs> okay. My, my, my dad was just bringing in as you were talking to me right now. So, yeah. you know, okay. you, can't, you, can't, you can't escape him, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, you know, it's, uh, there's, it's you can laugh right now because uh, it'll probably be serious time come Friday night, right? Oh, absolutely. No, they're they're good. Um, you know, we, I'm, I'm Coach Marshall and myself. Our kids are kind of around the same age, so we see each other at different things. You know, whether it's uh, sports and stuff like that. And, and uh, um, you know, our principal's son, you know, you know, sons played for Valpo, so so we got a lot of familiarity with their program. And uh, um, you know, they've. They've done a, a, a great job, you know, so there's a, a lot of respect on both ends, you know, as far as, uh, you know, coming into this game and, and knowing, uh, you know, what, what each what each team is capable and, you know, how well they're coached and, and all that. Right. It's um, it's a game uh, that uh, is important to everybody, no question about it. So, anyway, uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, I appreciate uh, what you do and, uh, you win Friday night. I'll give you a call and, uh, good luck. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Later. Well, you heard from the head coach of the Maryville Pirates, coach Brad Cease about the big game against Valpo. Now it's coach Bill Marshall's turn to talk about his team, the Valparaiso Vikings and his thoughts about the upcoming game, the big Doonland conference clash. And he had a chance to talk to coach Huber about the game coming up. We have Bill Marshall, head coach, Valparaiso. Got a big game this week with Maryville. Uh, at the moment, uh, Valparaiso is 5A number two. So, Bill, congratulations on a season so far, 6-0. and uh, And so could you tell us, uh, tell us how you see the season, uh, you know, to get to your 6-0 and record? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Last time we talked, and I, I relate this back all the way until uh, to this past April, where we finally were allowed to go ahead and have all that time uh, that the state allows us to have through our limited contact period. Uh, we were able to have a, a normal summer. We had the ability to go to team camp, uh, and I think that really has helped our team uh, come together. Uh, in regards to uh, just camaraderie and everything else. And I think that work ethic also instilled very early on uh, throughout April, May, June, and July 
has really gotten us to this point as well, uh, where a lot of people may have uh, counted us out uh, just because of some big name departures from our program that had been mainstays for three years. Uh, but, you know, I, my credit is all to these kids. Uh, they've taken that torch and they've run with it. Uh, they've lived up to that expectation thus far of leave no doubt, which is their motto for this year. Uh, and we've had some successes. Uh, you know, being able to go 6-0 and uh, and being able to go ahead and be 4-0 and in conference uh, it is definitely huge for, for DAC play. Uh, but, you know, the task isn't over yet, as you kind of mentioned, with, with Maryville coming up. Uh, they are a very, very good football team. Uh, great athletes, a lot of speed. And I think, you know, the big thing for this week uh, as we get into preparation and now we're about midweek is uh, defensively just kind of keeping 11 hats in front of us, uh, making sure that we don't get beat by the big play, uh, and then offensively being able to go ahead and, and limit our errors uh, in terms of false starts, you know, holding penalties that get us behind the chains and allow a speedy defense to go ahead and make um, even more plays. So uh, sustaining some long drives, being able to capitalize where we need to, uh, and then being able to, whether or not we get in the end zone, uh, be able to put at least three points on the board uh, every time that we touch the football are going to be the keys, I think, for this week. But, again, just been, been blessed with, with great kids, uh, great program, uh, obviously great coaches and great support from our community as well. Well, you know, I was going to ask you, what do you uh, think the keys for you? But you just kind of covered everything that I was going to ask. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing that, uh, uh, you got two excellent football teams coming together this late in the season, obviously, uh, you mentioned the Doonland conference, uh, you're both undefeated in that. Uh, I know that's important up there. Uh, so, uh, any final thoughts as far as, uh, what the keys you think will be for you on Friday night? I think the big thing is just coming out of competing. Uh, you know, Maryville's in a very similar spot where we have been uh, the last few years where they have a lot of big-name kids, kids that are getting scholarship offers and things like that. Uh, and so it's just being able to explain to our kids, as they well know, that they can play uh, with anybody uh, and that they have the ability to do so. Uh, we haven't had many close games, uh, but in the close game that we did have against Chesterton, the resiliency that that group showed uh, our entire program uh, is what I think is going to help us out in this game as well. Uh, realizing that, you know, Maryville's going to score. They're going to stop us on some series. Uh, but at the same rate, we have to be able to go ahead and answer uh, when we need to answer. And that's something our kids have been able to do all year long. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's very impressive what you've done with that bunch. And, and uh, like you say, with your coaches and the players and all that. So, uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, uh, I'd like to give you a call on Friday night if you win the game. Is that okay? Terrific. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, if not, then I'll have to talk to Brad. Uh, and I've known Brad since he was two years old, you know. So. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, uh, it uh, should be a fun game. It should be a head knocker, uh, a typical Doonland conference, and uh, just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what we're looking forward to is just the, uh, the ability to go out and compete and at the same time, uh, you know, bring a, a big crowd and, and, like you mentioned, just make it dueling athletic football. Yeah, okay. Well, I appreciate it, Bill. Good luck. Thanks again. Yep.
Arg. It was all pirates on Friday night as the pirates from Merrillville invaded Valparaiso and they took out the Vikings by a score of 42 to 7. Coach Ted Huber had a chance to talk to the head coach of the Merrillville Pirates, Coach Brad Cease, about the big victory over the Vikings last Friday night at Viking Field. We have Brad Cease, head coach, Merrillville, 42 7 victor tonight over Valparaiso in the Battle of the North. Brad, congratulations, and uh, tell us about it. Yeah, uh, appreciate it. Um, you know, great, great recruitment. There was a, uh, you know, there was monitoring things of some, of some other kids. Uh, we got off to a, to a great start. We scored in our uh, first three possessions, um, you know, to, to, to take a 20 to nothing lead. Um, uh, defensively, you know, we played really well all night. I mean, they, uh, they came in running the ball really well with Luton uh, Vinford and, and, and you know, big physical offensive line, and, and you know, I don't know what the stats or the numbers are, but you know, they're, uh, I doubted if he was even over, you know, seventy or eighty yards, um, if that. Uh, so, you know, we, we kind of, you know, took them out of their comfort zone offensively with uh, being able to stop the run and forcing their hand to, to throw, and uh, um, you know, did did a great job. We uh, scored a big touchdown at the end of the uh, second quarter to go up twenty-eight-seven, and. Uh, you know, a couple stops, a couple scores, and before you know it, midway through the third, it was a uh, it was a running clock. So, you know, hats off to the coaching staff and the kids for you know doing a great job of uh, being prepared. And uh, you know, it's a huge win for our program against what's been a very good team. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, in a big game like that, the clock's running. So, uh, obviously, you did something right. Uh, congratulations. Uh, enjoy it. Who you got next week? Okay, Lake Central uh, got beat tonight. Yep. So, yeah, uh... Sets, sets us up, you know, we go to Lake Central and, to, you know, guess you're at the DAC, and then uh, after that, you know, we'll play with Chesterton, who, uh, who should probably only have one loss in the conference as well. So, uh, you know, it's, you know, got a couple big games to, to finish the year to, to, you know, get to the playoffs. All right. Well, congratulations, and uh, we're going to follow you now. Okay? Enjoy it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, there was another battle that took place in the middle of the state as Noblesville squared off with Hamilton Southeastern. Coach Ted Huber had a chance to talk to the head coach of Hamilton Southeastern, Coach Michael Kelly, about the contest against Noblesville that Friday night. We have Michael Kelly, head coach, Hamilton Southeastern Royals, second-year head coach. Uh, Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about uh, your coaching background, Michael. Well, I uh, graduated from Taylor University in 2005. Uh, I had the opportunity to play football there. And uh, while I was there, I I found that uh, football was a passion of mine, um, as well as teaching. And so uh, I decided to go into uh, the coaching world and teaching. Um, And I graduated from there and went to Central Harden High School in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, uh, where I taught and coached for two years. Uh, then my wife and I, we had our first, we were going to have our first uh, child and, uh, and being that far away from home uh, was going to be a significant challenge and so we decided to move closer to home. Uh, and then I was, I was blessed to uh, come on staff uh, with Rick Wimmer at Fishers High School and I was there for nine years. Um, 
and then from there, I, I learned about growing our program and program development, and uh, just really, really found it uh, my, my goal and passion to be a head coach. And so, uh, I was fortunate enough to to leave Fishers and uh, take the head coaching job at Seymour High School in Seymour, Indiana. I was there for three years. Uh, then uh, two, last year, I guess it was, uh, Coach Self and Mr. Hallbaker gave me a call and said, hey, would you be interested in coaching the Hamilton Southeastern Royals? And obviously, um, this is a, a unique place with a unique opportunity. Um, and uh, I, I decided that uh, it would be best for my family and I to, to make that move over here um, uh, and uh, take over as the head coach here. Um, it's been a whirlwind, so to speak. Um, I feel blessed to be where I am. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times coaches uh, jump ship, um, and that was really not that case for me. I love to see more, um, but but I felt like um, you know I, I believe I'm a man of faith. I believe God calls you to do things, and um, and there I, I thought this was a, a something that I was being led by uh, to to do, and so I'm excited to be here. Okay, well, it's kind of hard to turn down an owl, though, right? I mean, you were an owl for three years. Uh, Joe Goodman, one of my best friends uh, through the years, obviously, was there for a long time. So anyway, now you're at Southeastern, and uh, now you're preparing for Noblesville. Uh, So uh, what do you see with them, and who do you see? Can you uh, kind of elaborate a little bit on that? Well, Noblesville is a very, very big team. Uh, I think uh, they might be the biggest team on our schedule in terms of their size. Uh, specifically on their offensive defensive lines. Um, they do a phenomenal job getting off the football. Uh, Coach Sharp and what he's doing offensively is unique. Uh, you don't see that now in, in uh, this current stage of football. It's kind of their own little uh, flavor, but uh, it's, it, they do a phenomenal job getting off the football. They got two Division One offensive linemen uh, slash tight end, uh, and then they got the tailback that. Uh, the fullback that, that runs their shot play for him, uh, and he's a burner. Um, and so it's going to be very important that we uh, defensively do a, uh, do a great job of, of playing with hands and fundamentally sound in terms of playing our responsibilities and closing closing on down blocks and so on and so forth to help us be successful on Friday um, from, a, from a defensive perspective. Offensively, uh, very similar to what we do uh, in terms of our defense. They run a 3-4 defense. Um, and uh, Coach Messler has done a phenomenal job there as well, uh, developing that defense. And, and uh, uh, they they got some guys that fly around. Their nose tackles big and physical. Uh, their inside backers are, are, are play are get sideline sideline fairly well. And and then uh, in the secondary, uh, they they get after it. And I think you know one thing that we always look for is uh, is the team is is that nastiness inside of the team. That, the physicality in which they play with and, and, and the, the fundamentals they play with. Uh, and, and Coach Sharp's done a nice job of, of getting those uh, those two things done specifically. Yeah, he's a coach's kid. Uh, yes, sir. Again, uh, Bill Sharp, his dad, obviously is, an all, uh, is a Hall of Fame coach, uh, was a Hall of Fame coach at Jimtown. So uh, he has done a nice job. And I know th- he struggled a little bit, but uh, they seem to be getting better. Yes, sir, and that's the thing is you're always looking for that buy-in from your program. I think he's got a a bunch of players that have bought into what they're doing. Um, You know, it's not for everyone, but what they're doing, it fits for them. And uh, he's trying to maximize what they have. They have size and strength, and so he's he's done a nice job of of uh, of eating up the clock and uh, trying to keep it close in the fourth quarter. Uh, And 
and what they do puts a lot of pressure on you offensively as well um, by them and their ability to, to hold the ball as long as they will. Um, it, it creates some, some challenges. Okay, so in a nutshell, uh, what do you have to do uh, as a Southeastern to, to be successful on Friday night? Well, one, we, we have to get off the field uh, defensively. I think we, we talked a lot about third and three and outs, and those are like turnovers. And so um, creating turnovers or three and outs are going to be a huge part of what we do on Friday night uh, in order for us to be successful. Uh, and then offensively, uh, it, it's, it's us uh, fixing the small things that have kind of plagued us all year long in terms of um, offensive line play and uh, being able to throw the football effectively. Uh, those are two things that we really, really got to fix and correct as we move on. And, and, and at the end of the day, it's about us progressing to be the program we want to be uh, at the level we want to be at. And so um, a great, great opportunity on homecoming to, to play against a great football team, uh, well-coached football team. We're excited about it. Okay, so you're 5-1, and one, uh, ranked 7th in uh, 6A poll this week. You're uh, hanging around there, and, uh, you know, the competition level uh, is the best, right? You, yes. uh, you run into some really, uh, really, really tough people, and uh, I think that the Hoosier Crossroads and the Mick probably are the two toughest things. Uh, people in the North would uh, disagree with that probably in Duneland, but uh, anyway, uh, uh, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I appreciate the, what you're doing and uh, how you're doing it and uh, it I like to talk to the winning coach on Friday night so if that is you uh, can I call you yes sir okay I got your number and uh, I will give you a holler uh, if you uh, come out on top so uh, again thank you very much and uh, good luck on Friday night Michael well, I appreciate it. I'd also like to say thank you to you and what you do with our association and, and staying involved like you do and just keeping the uh, the traditions alive of Indiana football. I think we're in the place that we are now because of, of guys like you and Coach Goodman and, and Coach Gaddis that have really helped uh, spur on our, our association to make it great, not just be average, but be great. So I appreciate that from you. Well, I appreciate you saying that because, uh, you know, it's something I – you know, I love the uh, – I, I love the IFCA, no question about it. I love the All-Star game. You know, I, I, um, there's a guy by the name of Joe Talley that I always quote on this thing that was at Tell City for years, one of the founding fathers of our organization, and he said, I love to be with football people. And so uh, that's me. Okay, but uh, this is all about you. Thank you very much, and uh, like I said, good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. And thank you very much to Coach Mike Kelly. And, of course, going across the field, there was another team involved in the middle of the state shootout, and that was Noblesville. And Coach Ted Huber had a chance to talk to David Sharp from Noblesville about the contest with Hamilton Southeastern. We have David Sharp, head coach, Noblesville, 6A, second-year head coach, I think eighth year as a head coach in other places. So thanks a lot, David, for coming on with us and sharing it with us. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about your coaching background? Sure. It's an honor to uh, be on here. Thank you, Coach Hubert, for uh, setting this up. Um, 
I just turned 40 years old a few weeks ago, so um, it's, it's, I feel like I'm kind of halfway through my coaching career, and that happened really, really quickly. Um, when you kind of hit those milestone birthdays, you're kind of like, wow, how did I get here? But um, uh, it all started with me. I, you know, um, my dad was a, a great coach and a um, great mentor for me. Uh, I was lucky enough to get a job teaching and coaching at Jimtown fresh out of college, and um, I was there for eight years, I think, um, as an assistant coach at Jimtown. The greatest thing that happened to me was um, my dad and also all, the, all those other coaches that were on his staff, they encouraged all of us young coaches to coach a second sport besides football. Um, so right out of the gate, I was lucky to work with Randy Deshone, our great basketball coach there for 20 years, and he put me in with the eighth grade boys basketball team. And um, at 22 years old, that I learned more coaching eighth grade boys basketball by myself than I did coaching uh, football on a staff of 15 guys and um, I think that's a great experience for a young person to be you know say here's 15 kids you're in a gym by yourself figure out how to win and um, you know one of my favorite coaching quotes is um, what you see on film is what you're coaching and when you're uh, when you're like I said when you're coaching an eighth grade basketball team it's like oh my gosh there's so much you want to correct that uh, it just forces you it forces your coaching voice to get developed a lot quicker than than ordinarily it would um, it's my first handful of years on the coaching staff, on the Jimtown staff. I'm with Hall of Famers like, you know, Bill Sharp, Mark Ward, Mark uh, Mark Kern, Ned Cook, Scott Bovenkirk, and many others. Where uh, I, my voice wasn't really needed quite as much. I was sitting back, listening, and learning uh, my first few years there. So that really helped me. Um, again, working with Ned Cook, I worked primarily on defense when I was at Jimtown, and uh, he was the great defensive coordinator for my dad for many years, and. Uh, I think around age 27, 28, I was like, I think I can do this by myself. I, I want to get a head coaching job somewhere. And um, I applied at a handful of local schools in the South Bend area, and I got uh, lucky enough to get a job at John Glenn High School. And um, I still think John Glenn High School is just the greatest small school in the world. It is um, That community is unbelievable. Um, there are times in my life where I'm like, why in the heck did I ever leave John Glenn? It's, it's a just a beautiful place, Walkerton, Coons Lake area, uh, North Liberty area, and uh, had great administration. We had great kids. I was there for a couple of years. Um, right up the street, you know, the, the, the closest big town to uh, Walkerton is, is LaPorte, and when Coach Bob Schellinger retired, um, you know, I, I don't know how old I was at the time, maybe like 31 or 32, or, and it, it, it's, there's ambition in a young man, I suppose, and uh, it just, I decided to uh, kind of look into it a little bit, and, and before I knew it, I fell in love with the town of LaPorte, and uh, I asked a lot of questions before I applied, and it just seemed like the perfect place for me, and I uh, applied, and um, my great friend, Ed Gilliland, the athletic director at LaPorte, um, took a chance on me, and uh, it was it turned out to be a great decision um, to, to go there. I had the, the best years of my life are, are in LaPorte, Indiana, and um when I think about my, my time there, it's it, it, the first thing I think about is a guy in Indiana coaching circles. Everybody knows Bob James, and he's he remains one of my best friends and one of my favorite people on planet Earth. Um, but he was there through thick and thin with me, and uh, uh, we just lived a few houses uh, apart in Laporte, so we'd walk to each other's house after practice, and, and uh, he was just very involved. Seven days a week, Bob and I are together, and. Um, uh, you know, we had a lot of success. We just had great kids at Port, but my, my stint there, and it was just such a fun town. But uh, anybody that's ever been 
to Kiwanis Field knows that it's it's kind of like the, the Fenway Park or the Wrigley Field of high school football. It's, it's almost 100 years old, but it's still in great shape, and it's just got that historic tradition right in the middle of the town. And um, I, I think back at 2016, yeah, 20, 2016, we won all those close games at home, and it was it was so incredible. The rivalry with Michigan City, LaPorte-Michigan City rivalry is unlike anything else um, that I can think of in northern Indiana, uh, especially since Coach Mason's got Michigan City playing at a high level. So those were great times. Um, unfortunately, I, I, we decided to leave Laporte um, after my, my son had passed away from a, a rare brain disease. He was at Riley for, for a long time, and uh, the Indy area kind of just felt like home after a while since we spent so much time down at Riley Hospital. And uh, I moved down here. Uh, a couple years ago and I was scrambling just to find a, a teaching or coaching job and um, I was lucky enough to land at uh, Hampton Southeastern High School and uh, I absolutely loved it there and uh, I was a, a assistant coach there with coach Adam Morris and um, and after that season uh, the Noblesville job popped open and I live just uh, I live right here in Noblesville and um, it seemed like a great fit and I give Leah Woldridge, our athletic director, Dr. McCaffrey, our principal, they, they, again, they took a chance on me, and uh, I absolutely love being a Miller. We are, we are not getting off to a, a hot start. I know we're, we're in the middle of a four-game losing streak, but uh, the way that our kids have bought into what we do, it is so encouraging. It's refreshing. Um, we're losing a bunch of close games. We, we, just, we just lost to Franklin Central by six, had a chance to win, and we did not. But the, um, the Monday, Tuesday energy is they're, they're so hungry for a win they want to beat one of these good schools in this in this big conference here and um, it, it's, it makes me very proud to be a miller every day well obviously you're doing something right because uh you know i checked your scores like you said and it uh you're getting closer you know i mean i had a job one time in warsaw and and uh the second year uh, we were two and seven, and uh, I think we lost six games by a total of like 13 points or something, you know, yeah. and uh, you can tell you're getting better, but the key is uh, your kids are hanging in there with you. So you're going to probably uh, end up uh, beating somebody here. Uh, you're going to get uh, to the tournament for long. I mean, here, here we are with uh, three games to go counting Friday night, so... Um, so I think the um, I think the hardest part about, we expected to have a lot. You know, we took our lumps last year, played a bunch of sophomores, and juniors. We expected success this year, but the the part you kind of forget about in rebuilding a program is sometimes we we're uncomfortable winning a game in the fourth quarter. It, it's, as weird as that sounds, it's almost like we almost expect something bad hap- bad to happen to us in the last five minutes of the game, and that's what's happened in, our, in a couple of our close losses. So we have to get over that hump and realize that uh, we have to be comfortable in the fourth quarter. And, and uh, we, we've made a few mental mistakes, and that's cost us uh, you know, in the worst way. Right. So <clears throat> you're headed in the right direction. Okay, when you look at Southeastern, who, by the way, I don't have to tell you, is 5-1 uh, and one and uh, yep. ranked seventh in the state, right, 6A. Yep. Uh, when you look at them, uh, what do you see? Who do you see? I see a tremendous front seven, incredible physicality, and I, I coached defense there two years ago, so I know all these kids very well, so the scouting report's pretty thorough, um, 
And uh, one of our, our offensive assistants, Colin Jasper, he also coached there for three or four years. And um, so we know those kids very well, but I think it all starts on defense. They have number 48 for them, Evan Sherrill, I think is the best front seven player in the conference. Just incredible physicality. They have two big, thick inside linebackers, uh, 33 and 49. That's Constantine and Haas. Those kids are just 200 and whatever, 20 pounds, and they, and they lay the wood. Uh, and then their defensive line, they're, you know, they're a 50 slant and angle team, and they get big, strong, thick kids that can uh, that can slant and, ca- and cause havoc. And uh, then you look at their secondary; it's like they have experience there. The uh, the two safeties are tremendous football players, so they are very stingy up front. They don't give up much on the ground. They uh, a couple of the scores they've given up are, in my opinion, kind of fluky. And uh, uh, you're, it's going to be tough for us to manufacture. Our, our 15 play 80 yard drives which which is our game plan every single week but uh, very impressed with that front seven when you look at HSC on the offensive side of the ball um, Sam Jacobs who's just a great kid is having a tremendous year at quarterback he is as fast a player as there is in the conference he, he's a long-legged strider and when he runs his own read of some sort if he gets the edge he goes literally 90 yards he's done that I believe three times this year um, against great competition so we know they're going to run a lot of read options. They have uh, two tremendous running backs as well. The offensive line has a lot of experience. Most of those kids started last year as well. So it's a complete football team. I'm still friends with a lot of those coaches over there when, when I coached there, so I have nothing but great respect for Coach Mike Kelly, uh, Coach Dave Whites, Coach Jay Taylor, the rest of their uh, coaching staff over there. All right, now, so um, with all the good things you said about them, uh, what are you going to do uh to be successful. So we, we're an old, an old uh, wing T based offense, and our our uh, our philosophy up here uh, last year, this year, and probably into next year, until we start seeing some extreme speed, we're going to try to keep uh, most of our guys in the box and try to manufacture three and four yard carries. As boring as that sounds, it's still as a recipe in, in football, even in 2021. And uh, we are close with our philosophy on winning some of these games. But, um, you know, when, when you run a wing T-based system, anybody that's ever ran any sort of system like we do, you know the lifeblood of your offense is your pulling guards. And I have to mention two of my favorite kids that I've ever coached are our two pulling guards, Jake Etchison and Jake Long. And those kids started last year, and... They, are, they can base block a two technique, and they can pull lightning quick on a trap or a power and uh, or, or a wide play. So we really rely on those two seniors on our offensive line. Now, the rest of our offensive line are all underclassmen. So uh, Gage Wren and, and, uh, is our center. He's a junior, started last year also. Our tackles, Aaron Williams, uh, Ben Decker, uh, and uh, Nathaniel Ham rotates in also. Ben Decker's a junior, um, Nathaniel Ham's a junior, um, and then our two tight ends, uh, we use big tight ends, we have a sophomore, Ransom McDermott, and a junior, Drew Page, and three of these guys are getting uh, big time Division One looks, Drew Page, Ben Decker, and uh, Ransom McDermott, so we make no bones about it, we're going to run off tackle a lot, and uh, we, we, we've suffered a, a bad injury in week two, right, the, in the first quarter, um, our quarterback, Doc Minerdine, uh, was injured and missed four weeks, and that just killed us. Doc's our, our unanimous team captain. He started every game last year, and not having him for four games in a row was, uh, it just felt something different. It doesn't matter what kind of offense you, you run, 
the guy that you give 90% of the reps to in the summer, when he's gone, it's just, it's a, it's a suffocating feeling for, uh, for a team. It's a, it's a tough adversity to overcome, but Doc is back. And, uh, Doc against Franklin Central last week, I believe he ran for 160 yards, uh, completed a few passes and, and we're just a different team now that we have Doc back. So we're very happy about that. Um, and then I think when you look at our defense, um, we are youth led again. Um, but, uh, our, the, the heart and soul of our team is our TMT, and we have three seniors that are playing at all-conference caliber level. That's uh, Jacob Hoffman, Seth Stone, and uh, Snacks Rogers. Those three guys are really tying up offensive lines and letting our linebackers and defensive backs get to people. So we're, we're, we're ready to put a complete game together. Um, when I look back at our four losses, it seems like we have a five-minute funk where we go three and out on offense, we get a... a some sort of bad special teams play and then the other team kind of goes through us on defense and it's kind of like these big 14 point swings in the blink of an eye are really killing us and we've got to get that fixed up together we, we know that we're going to get stopped on offense a little bit we know the other team's going to get a few big plays but the the o the d they have to counteract each other and not get these huge momentum swings that we've given up in the past four games well <clears throat> i think without question you're headed in the right direction and i know you're you know, you can tell you're a very positive person, and uh, that probably comes from mom and dad, right? Um, Bill Sharp was always very positive. So, uh, did they did they get down here and watch your games? They do, yeah. They uh, they take my girls. Uh, my girls are now in uh, first grade and third grade here at, in Noblesville, and uh, uh, Grandma and Grandpa will pick them up from elementary school and take them to the games. So, yeah, they uh, they go and. Uh, um, you know, and then my parents will spend the night at my house after the game. So whenever I get home, uh, whether it's a win or a loss, it's good to kind of rehash the game with the guy that knows football way better than I do, Bill Sharp. So I always look forward to that. Um, and he's always got the, the perfect words of wisdom, um, especially after a tough loss. So. Yeah, yeah, no question about that. What a guy he is. So, you know, you grew up on Bago Creek, and um, now you're at Noblesville. Uh, people down here don't understand Bago Creek, but uh, being a northern guy, I understand that. And, um, you know, being a, a northern guy that went to Bremen High School way back when, and mm-hmm. my brother coached against your dad, and uh, yep. talk about yep. rivalry, that was a pretty good rivalry in its day. And uh, yep. I know you cannot mention Bo Hunt's name around your dad <laughs> because he gets excited about it. Don't. Well, it's funny because uh, I was thinking about Bo Hunt the other day. So when Bo was in his prime, I, I was a, a water boy on the for the you know as a ball boy manager. I was probably uh, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old when Bo was in high school. Okay. So I remember all those games vividly. And I was thinking about Bo the other day because um, Westfield High School has, in my opinion, the best football player I've ever coached against. That's Micah Hauser. He's their senior, uh, their safety, and their running back. And I was, because I was thinking back, I was like, is House the best player I've ever coached against? And I was just like, going back, like, yeah, better, yeah this kid, uh, there's that one kid from Maryville, there's that one kid from Fair, but um, it's like, yeah, he's the best player. And then I remember my dad always saying, Bo Hunt's without a doubt the best player. And when I think of Micah Hauser, he is almost a carbon copy of Bo Hunt from Bremen High School in the early 1990s. So right. anyone in this area who knows Micah, uh, uh, I encourage you to find some old YouTube highlights if they're available of how Bo Hunt played for Bremen Lions in the early 90s. <laughs> yeah, don't kick the ball to Bo. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, David, I appreciate it. And uh, wish you nothing but the best. 
you're, you're going to get her done. There's no question about it because you're going to hang in there and do all the right things. So uh, tell your mom and dad I said hello when you see him on Friday night. And uh, wish, like I said, wish you good luck. And uh, I'd like to talk to the winner. Uh, so uh, how about a big upset this week so I can give you a holler uh, a little bit later on Friday night? Stay too. Okay. Thank you very much, Coach Hubert. Right. Thank you, David. Bye-bye. And like every contest, there's a winner and there's a loser. And Hamilton Southeastern came out as a winner on of on top of Noblesville by beating them 38-8. to Coach Ted Huber had a chance to talk to the winning coach, Coach Mike Kelly, after the big game. We have Michael Kelly, head coach, Hamilton Southeastern Royals. Uh, 38-8 to victor tonight against Noblesville. Thanks for coming on, Michael. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the ball game? Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me. Uh, we we uh, started out the game on, on defense and held them at a three and out. And they kind of that was our, our, our focus uh, for this week defensively is, is getting off the field. Um, and uh, we were able to hold them on uh, their first possession and force them on a punt. Um, and, and they had a bad snap and, and ended up with a safety. Uh, so they kicked the ball off to us and. Uh, Again, our offense took over and, uh, and uh, came up with seven points. Uh, so we jumped out to a uh, – and we went for two, so we jumped out to a 10 nothing lead pretty quick. Uh, and, again, our defense did a nice job uh, stepping up big in the uh, second quarter with a, a couple fourth-down stops. Uh, and uh, I got the ball back, and we were able to lose the ball down the field offensively and uh, take a 24 to nothing lead at halftime. Uh, then we were uh, got the ball to start the second half and uh, again start back where we left off in the first quarter uh, with with a score uh, to start the second half and, uh, and and again defensively came up big and and, uh, and got another stop and uh, we ended up uh, punching it in for the uh, last quarter of the game go up 38 nothing uh, and then they scored with about two minutes to go in the game uh, to to go to get get their their scores late in the game. Okay. All right, so you must have, uh, against the big guys, uh, you must have been able to shut them down. They weren't able to run the football tonight? Uh, well, the, uh, I mean, you're, you're hoping to slow them down. I don't really shut them down. You slow them down. And, uh, you know, we, we were able to get it to just enough uh, to get them off the field. Uh, you know, we, we were able to get them in those certain medium uh, possessions, which make it uh, challenging uh, for their offense uh, to be able to, to, to compete. So, uh, defensively, I couldn't be more proud of our guys. They did what they were asked to do. Uh, we talked about being disciplined this week, shooting our hands, and, and playing with fundamentally, fundamentally sound football game. Uh, for the most part, with the exception of a couple plays, they did they did that uh, to the T. So I'm proud of our guys. I thought they played extremely hard, uh, and they were physical, uh, and did the things we'd asked them to do. Okay, you're six and one, and who do you have next week? Uh, we have Franklin Central coming uh, coming to see us uh, okay. next Friday night. All right, so you're trying to get to seven to one, and then uh, eight and one, and then uh, and then the tournament. So uh, again, congratulations, and uh, I want to wish you good luck uh, from here on out. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks, Michael. All right, now we're turning our attention and we're heading way down south as the Gibson Southern team squared off with Mount Vernon from Posey County. And here's Coach Huber talking to Nick Hart, the head coach of Gibson Southern, about the contest that was scheduled and did play on Friday night. We have Nick Hart, head coach, Gibson Southern. 
ranked number three in 3A this week. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, Nick. And um, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, your coaching experience, how you got from wherever you started with Gibson Southern. Yeah. Um, you know, as I was finishing up college at uh, USI, um, I was coaching at Wrights. You uh, with my dad. Um, and then uh, went with him to Warren Central uh, for four years. I uh, was the offensive coordinator and then uh, left there um, and uh, came to Gibson Southern. And I've been here. This is my 10th year now at uh, Gibson Southern. So uh, you were involved in the state championship uh, at Wrights and at Warren Central. Yep, yep. Uh, 2007 um, at Evansville Wrights and then uh, the 2009 uh, state championship at Warren Central. Okay, all right. So you know, uh, you know what winning feels like. Okay. Yeah, I think you will, no question. Uh, according to the records I have, you've won 96 games probably going into this year, so um, in 10 years, that's pretty good. Okay, now you got Mount Vernon this week. Mount Vernon is 6-0. and uh, Mount Vernon is uh, in the conference, and uh, can you talk a little bit about them and what, what you see and who you see and, uh, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, a uh, very good football team. Um, you know, I think simply when you look at them, uh, I think they're giving up like 11 points per game. Um, they do a great job on defense. They kind of mix up looks. So the kids are really aggressive, uh, get to the football, uh, very sound in, in what they do. And, uh, you know, well, we've scored a lot of points, uh, you know, this year. And uh, it's going to be a big test for us, um, you know, going against their defense and, and attacking them and, uh, and and how we're going to do that. We've got to execute at a really high level on Friday night. And, uh, you know, offensively, um, I think they've got some great weapons. Uh, they're, they're based out of the spread. Um, they obviously they want to run the ball um, out, out of their spread stuff. But they got a sophomore quarterback, uh, Nico Burnett, um, dual threat kid, uh, very, very good football player, uh, can hurt you on the ground and through the air. Um, and I think he gets a lot of the attention through the media and stuff, and, and rightfully so. But uh, you know, they have a lot of great weapons around, and they got a couple kids that, that carry the ball really well for them. Um, they got some weapons uh, at, at receiver. Um, so, you know, they, they make you defend the whole field. And, um, and then on top of that, you know, you got to be, uh, you know, assignment sound, um, you know, with all the zone read game and the power read game um, that they have. So, uh, you know, definitely a, a big challenge to, to try and get some stops uh, against them. Okay, so, um, you know, you probably covered it, but uh, uh, talk a little bit about what the keys uh, as far as you're concerned. Well, I think, uh, you know, I think the last two weeks, um, you know, we went down um, and played a heck of a football team in Kentucky um, and, uh, and got whooped. And, uh, and part of that was their doing, and part of it was ours. And, uh, you know, we've really gone back to, to focusing on attention to detail. Um, and I think these last two weeks is probably the best um, we've played this season against uh, Southridge and Heritage Hills. So, 
um, you know, we got to continue to do that, um, carry over what we're doing this week in practice, uh, you know, to the game field on Friday night. And I think anytime you get in a big game, it's, um, you know, big plays and, and turnovers and, and uh, you know, there'll be a huge crowd on Friday night and, you know, surviving and those momentum swings um, as the game goes with big plays and turnovers and, and handling that type of stuff, you know, will be huge. And, you know, I think, you know, the, the schedule we've played um, so far this year has kind of helped set us up for games like this, uh, you know, where we're going to kind of, we've ridden those waves and, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of good football programs and football teams uh, so far this year. And uh, hopefully that has us well prepared for Friday night. Well, I think you're probably right. You know, Mount Vernon, uh, they're uh, six and zero, oh, and it's been a while since they've been that good, isn't it? Yeah, it has. I, I don't know the exact year, but uh, you know, it, it's been a while since they've um, you know started out like this. Um, I know the community's very excited. Um, we're going to their place, um, and uh, you know, I'm sure that place is, is going to be rocking, and uh, and uh, our community will, will be well represented there. The last person out of town on Friday night will turn off the lights and. Uh, you know, it'll be a, a great Friday night atmosphere, um, kind of a great playoff primer here in week seven as, as we're getting close to the sectionals of, of that playoff field. And, um, you know, not only is this a big game for us in the conference because both teams are, are still undefeated in the conference, um, it's a big game for us um, and them because, you know, we're in the same sectional. So um, there's a good chance that we'll see each other again here in a few weeks. Yeah, well, don't get uh, caught up in Posey County and not be able to get out. Um, <laughs> people up north don't understand that, but you understand that. So uh, Joe Jingleball is back in there somewhere in, uh, you know, the North Posey coach for 100 years. So anyway, um, I appreciate we have, you. We have, his, we have his nephew, Kevin, on our staff. So we, have, oh. we do, on the bus, we'll have a little bit of uh, – Posey County credibility there that, that might help us get out. <laughs> okay, well, you know, North Posey's having a heck of a year, uh, yeah. you know, and Mount Vernon's having a year, so Posey County is uh, is uh, winning football games this year. So, yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, I appreciate you uh, coming on with us, and uh, I'll tell you what I'd like to do if – uh, I like to talk to the winner after the after the game, so Friday night. So if I uh, if you win, can I call you? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I got your number, and I'll do that, and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, thanks again, and uh, your dad's having a good year. Yes, he is. They're, they're having a great year. Uh, young football team, and uh, you know, they just they just keep winning like they have been. Yeah. Well. That's in another league up there now. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, thanks a lot, Nick. All right, thanks, Ed. All right, talk to you. Coach Luke Mesmer from Mount Vernon and Posey County had a chance to talk to Coach Huber about the big game scheduled with Gibson Southern last Friday night. Here's what Coach Mesmer had to say to Coach Huber before the big game. Coach, second year, presently number six, in the poll, 3A poll. Luke, welcome and appreciate you coming on. And could you give us a little bit of your coaching background? Sure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Appreciate the coverage. Uh, I am uh, in my second year, as you said, here at Mount Vernon. Um, prior to that, I spent uh, 
three seasons with the Southridge Raiders up in uh, Dubois County with my alma mater as well. So I was able to go back and coach there. Um, was a graduate there back in 2012. Um, so played there and got to coach there. Um, did a little coaching up at Bloomington South as well uh, while I was in college at IU in Bloomington. So uh, about three years there, Bloomington South program, and then three back in home water in Southridge, and then uh, you know, applied for the Mount Vernon job. I got hired um, before last season. It was my first season uh, at Mount Vernon as a Wildcat, and, and it was a great season despite all the, all the COVID craziness and everything else that went on. So, um, yeah, year two, we're off to a hot start here, 6-0, and and, and we're excited about about where we're headed and where we're at right now. Well, you're uh, headed in the right direction, I'll tell you that. Um, you're you're playing Gibson Southern, who's pretty good. Um, you know, they've lost one game, and uh, I guess in Kentucky or uh, with the Kentucky team. So anyway, as you prepare for them, uh, what do you see and who do you see? Uh, we see a team that really, to be quite honest, they, they don't really have any weaknesses. Um, you, uh, you know, when you've got a high school team, no matter how good they are, there's usually, you know, a spot or two or, or somewhere you feel like, you know, they might be weak in, you could attack that area. And this is a team where, you know, they are uh, they're sharp across the board. They're, they execute really well uh, in all positions. All, all their guys know what their job is, and, and they play really hard when they're doing um, So, you know, Coach Hart does a great job there, and, and they've done an excellent job getting ready for the season. And, and then coming out and doing with what you know, a lot of people predicted they would do, which would be really successful and, and win big and score a lot of points. So, um, you know, we definitely have our hands full. And, and Brady Allen, quarterback, can do uh, do it all. You know, he can put the ball anywhere on the field at any time with his arm. Uh, you know, and this year their run game is pretty strong as well. They got a shifty, fast running back back there, and, and then on the outside, the big guy, uh, the healthy guy at receiver, uh, was a big target for Allen. And, he can go get down the field. He can catch it underneath and make you miss. I mean, he's a he's a big time receiver, and that's why he's got offers from all over the place. So, um, you know, we definitely have our hands full. And they've got talent everywhere, uh, but you know, we like our kids too. We like how our our kids have played all year, and and uh, we know that they're excited for the challenge and uh, excited to go get them all we got. Well, you know, you've uh, gained some respect throughout the state. I'll tell you that it's been a long time since. Since Mount Vernon's been ranked uh, as high as sixth, uh, you know, in the polls. So uh, now, as you look at yourself, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about what you think you really need to do. What are the keys for you to be successful on Friday night? Um, some keys include uh, we, we, have, we have to take care of the football. First of all, we have it. Um, we, we can't turn it over. We've got to play a clean game on offense. Um, and then to go with that, we've got to be able to sustain some drives on them. Um, they, uh, their offense is high-powered, and so the longer that they're not on the field, the less chance they have to score and, you know, just ain't an obvious. So if we can sustain some drives and, and, and run some clock, um, that'd be beneficial to our cause. And then uh, also we, we need to create some big plays, you know, whether that be in the offensive game, you know, big plays over the top or defensively, um, you know, turning the ball over. Or uh, you know taking it, taking it away or, or getting sacks in the backfield, um, we, we've got to go create some big plays. You know, the big play turnover battle is always huge in the game. It tells the story a lot of times. So um, you know generate some big plays, uh, win the turnover battle, and then of course probably the most important part is you know we've just got to play super hard 
our effort's got to be at a level that you know we haven't been at this year. We got to be the best effort we've had all year. So uh, all those things will be very important. Okay, so uh, I always like to talk to the uh, to the head coach that wins the games uh, on these things. So uh, can I call you Friday night uh, when you upset Gibson Southern? Okay, well, good luck, and I appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're busy. I know you're focused on what's going on, but uh, good luck, and, uh, you know, get that upset, and we'll talk again on Friday night. All right, thanks a bunch. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Luke. Bye. Coach Nick Hart from Gibson Southern came away a big winner on top of Mount Vernon from Posey County by a score of 54-6. to Coach Ted Huber caught up with a winning coach, and here's what he had to say about the big victory on Friday night. We have Nick Hart, head coach, Gibson Southern, number three uh, team in the 3A this week, a 54-6 to winner over number five Mount Vernon in the Posey County. So, how did you uh, win so handily, Nick? Um, you know, our kids really did a great job. Uh, you know, we, we came out, I think we scored um, in the first minute of the ball game. Um, and, you know, we, we really played well on offense and defense. And, uh, you know, we outgained them. I think in the first half it was like 403 to 44. Um, so, you know, I think our, our offense gets a lot of headlines, and rightfully so. But, uh, we are uh, we're playing darn good ball on defense right now, and uh, so you know we got some quick three and outs, and, and the ball back to the offense, and uh, you know, and those guys did their thing. Well, uh, you know, like I say, it's kind of surprising in a big game like that, but uh, you know, you have uh, played well. You got beat early, uh, and now you're really rolling. Okay, who do you have next week? Uh, Princeton. I'm sorry. Oh, Princeton. Okay. Right. You know, a conference game for us now. So, uh, you know, a game that, that we're looking forward to. We can shit. We can clinch a, a share of our of our conference next week. And you know, if we take care of business, then uh, you know, hopefully win it outright in week nine. Okay, that's what uh, the goal is right now to finish up uh, at this point in time, eight and one, and go into the tournament uh, on a high mark. No question about that. Right. So, uh, congratulations and uh, enjoy it. Uh, I know that you win a lot down there, and uh, it's it's very, uh, you know, the people around the state know where Gibson Southern is and who they are. So, uh, congratulations, Nick, and uh, like I said, enjoy it. Thanks, Dad. Okay. Well, there you have it, another exciting week of Indiana High School football and our three featured games. Next week, we got three more featured games coming up for you. The North game will be Dwenger against Fort Wayne Snyder. The middle of the state game will include uh, Kokomo against uh, Lafayette Harrison. And in our Southern game, we got Perry Central, and they'll be going up against Spring Valley. So we'd like to thank everyone once again for tuning in to the Indiana High School Football All-Star Digest. We hope everyone has a good and a safe week as we're rounding out the regular season, moving into game eight and uh, week eight of the Indiana High School football season. We know a lot of them are coming down now to conference championships are in play. And of course, uh, state rankings are in play. And then of course, after the regular season, 
we start the state tournament. So a lot of exciting football left in the state of Indiana for our high school teams, and we hope all of you will stay tuned and help us to uh, spread the word of all the good things that go on in high school football. And, uh, of course, a big thank you to all you guys out there that are working and working with our kids and helping our kids to learn the fundamentals and basics of not only football, but uh, some of the fundamentals and basics of living a good life. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a good, safe week, and we'll talk to you next week.